Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Hoopod. My name is Blair Beverage, and thank you for once again tuning in. On this week's show, we have Deceptive Mirror, a.k.a. Summer. Now, with Summer, we get into TV shows, we get into Twitch moderating, and we get into sexuality. We get some pretty deep stuff on this one. This was one of my favorite conversations I've ever had on Hoopod. Summer is an absolute delight, so let's get to it, shall we? Hoopod number 25 with our guest, Deceptive Mirror. Hey everybody, welcome to the next Who Pod. Uh, we got a little bit of a different feel to this one. Tierlin wasn't able to join us again this week, so we have, we have brought on Emily, a for, former guest, to be a co-host. Emily, say hello. Hi guys, glad to be back. She'll be playing the uh, role of our Australian this evening. Uh, of course, we have our guest this evening, which is Deceptive Mirror, aka Summer. We might call her DM, we may call, call her Summer throughout the, por- uh, the portion of the... Okay, I need to learn words. Throughout the podcast, I may call her Summer, I may call her DM, so... Oh my god. All right. I'm having one of those guys, days, well, This is guys. also a great start already. Wonderful. This is terrible. I am, I am horrible. I am so sorry, guys. Um, a plus. You're fine. But uh, enough of my stammering. Let's get into... Oh, wait. Did I forget to mention the man who blew up Twitter today? <laughs> that. Let's just right now have a round of applause for that video. All right. Well done, Joey. Ah, uh, thank you. Joey Couture, the uh, editor and and I guess uh, editor is the proper term. You guy that put all the uh, the video together for the human anniversary, and I personally loved it. Well done. Yeah, Joey. essentially. All right. Long story short, what happened was, um, Leangelis covered a lot of the social media work. John West uh, got in touch with Felicia and made sure that again it was okay to use logos and stuff like that. So he provided some of the artwork for me, and then Toronto Gal passed on a bunch of the Twitch footage, and then I hunted and stopped Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr for photos. I had literally a week and a half to put this thing together. So, other than that, everything else, I poured into it. I was staying up late, getting four hours of sleep, you know, mm-hmm. on work nights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then today, I, I I was like, okay, it's five minutes before eight o'clock. Like, I'm, I know I'm going to miss the eight o'clock, so I'm just going to hit it now. And ten minutes later, my my whole thigh the entire day is like, <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got a How buzz workout for did you sure. Have? <laughs> All the caffeines. Um, but, okay, so, yes. Yeah, so, Joey put out that video today, which... I hope each and every one of you have seen. I've watched it. I can't even tell you how many times that song, because because I'll I'll be a little admitting here. I'll I'll do some uh, some inside knowledge here. Joey's been sharing the video with us over the last little bit, just to kind of see how do you think of this, how does this fit, whatnot. So I've kind of had a behind the scenes peek at it, and that song. Oh my God, that song has been stuck in my head for about a week and a half. I love <laughs> that song. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Great video. Summer, hello. Hello. So <laughs> She's like, hi, I'm still here. Hello, my podcast. I'm here because I was actually going to comment on the video when I watched it. There may have been some tears, which I'm told are, you know, a hot commodity on the black market. You know, mm-hmm. the tears of a moderator. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I, I share them free, uh, freely myself. But uh, um, And Emily, we actually, Emily got to watch the video uh, just before... 
we went on on air here. We had we had she had her camera on, so we actually got to see Joey actually got to see a firsthand reaction of her watching the video, and it was adorable. It really was. It was like, oh my god, Mama's sugar cubes freaking her shit. <laughs> that video was amazing. I really, I was sad when I saw that it was posted while I was at work. I'm like, I just want to watch the video, but I finally got a chance, and oh my gosh, it is amazing. So good. So very, very good. So good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Full of all the feels. So many All the feels. feels. Uh, so Summer, <laughs> you've, you've done the odd bit of moderating within the uh, Team Human community. Oh god, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, um, at one point in time, Useless Rogue, who is another Team Human member, once commented that I have more swords than Game of Thrones. <laughs> and I had to actually look that up because I don't watch the show. And then once I did, I was like, Oh shit, he's kind of right, isn't he? <laughs> I hold a lot of swords. I mean, I mod for Geek and Sundry, of course. Right. I mod for Hyper RPG. Mm -hmm. I mod for uh, Felicia herself. And I'm also um, one of the newest moderators of the Goo Moonity, mm -hmm. which is Goobers 515's uh, Twitch channel. Right. I also do some of the more smaller human channels, mm -hmm. such as, you know, the Astropath, Useless Rogue, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And I even moderate for uh, JCVIM oh, and cool. uh, Anna, or Geek Early Gaming, of the Geek Fleet. Anna Geeks? Salute. Or, uh... Anna Geeks. Just had her a couple weeks ago. Of her new rebanding. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, yes. I and and whenever I drop into Anna's stream because she streams during my work day and and I'm able to drop in when I probably shouldn't from time to time. And um, you always. I won't tell if you won't. Yeah, yeah, I know, and you always greet me, so I always appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so I guess the question that we ask everybody is how how did you find Team Human? How how did this whole adventure begin for you? Okay, before I get into the long story, I can actually sum it up entirely in one word. Accidentally. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Um, so, interesting, right? So, I had originally created my Twitch, my Twitch name um, for, to watch a friend of mine stream. He, uh, it was a great way to talk to him when we changed jobs. I used to work with him. Mm -hmm. And then I found out, oh, hey, Felicia Day streams. That's pretty cool. So, I tuned into her Magicka stream. I think at one point in time and there is, and you know, she was there with a guy at, and this is embarrassing to admit, a guy at the time I did not realize was Ryan, her brother. Yeah, that's all right. I was like, who is that guy? <laughs> Why are they yelling at each other? <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of just sat there for the next couple of hours, just giggling insanely and talking to the incredibly welcoming people who are in the chat, which is considering that I am a, I am a veteran of like, you know, what did they call it now? Like not blackboard, but, like the old, uh, the old forums. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. forums in general, and like IRC chat and whatnot. Yeah. To, to be welcomed so quickly was actually pretty surprising to me. Now, how how did you? And from there, I kind of just kept coming back. So, how did you find Felicia? Where was your? She she's drew you into the Team Human community, but where did you do you find Felicia's work? Well, um, I am a Supernatural fan, so mm. I saw her, of course, on Supernatural. Um, I also. Yes, right? And I also, I also uh, shotgunned the entire Eureka series. <laughs> oh, I love Eureka. Um, I, it was such a good show. went off too soon. I think it had so many great ideas. And for a science nerd like yeah. me, I was just like, yes, give me the techno stuff. <laughs> okay. Give it to me. Can I just throw out there to attach to that? You may. The second that they pulled her plug, oh my god, I was I was screaming. I was, I was screaming. Crying. And, I was oh like, my god, no! I was freaking my shit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, what are you doing? Like, cause I this is actually a series. 
I had successfully managed to avoid being spoiled on. Yes. Like, so I had no idea what was going on. And I was just like, no! What are you doing? It was. It's terrible. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit. Out of all the series that Felicia's done, um, in in all honesty, um, Eureka was my favorite, and that's that's Buffy, oh, that's right? Sing Along Blog, that's The Guild, and and I love all those things, but Eureka was my favorite. I loved that show. I thought it was gone too soon, um, and even when it, it it had the nice little bow on the end, for those you know, I mean, if you're if you've Spoiler alert, if you don't want to know what what kind of the beginning and the end of Eureka, just fast forward about 20 seconds. But the very first scene in that show was also the very last scene from different perspectives. Yes, it was. Which was the most... And it was really amazing to see that. Oh, such a tie-in. Because I remember seeing it and I'm like, I wonder what that's about. And then, you know, you see it on the very last episode and you're like, oh, that was so planned from the beginning. Epic. They pulled it off. (laughs) Totally. And which is so rare in television these days. It seems like everything is just continuing on and on and on forever with no end with no end game. I felt bad though because I kind of I could tell at season three that it was a show that was suffering because they started doing all the corporate advertising and they brought in Subarus and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh no, this means this show's hurting. It's not gonna last. But um, I mean, I really liked um, Ed Quinn. I loved his character. He was a great foil, um, and and I was sad to see him go. Um, Colin Ferguson was was awesome. I I, I loved. Uh, oh God, I can't remember his name. Um, oh gosh, the the scientist, the love interest, Felicia had. Uh, oh yes, no, I know exactly who you mean. Oh, what is his name? No, he was great too. I mean, I didn't like him in the beginning, yeah. but I I really he grew on me like mold. It was amazing. <laughs> hold on a sec. Okay, hold on a sec. Now that you mention it, I have to look this up now. This is going to make me crazy. Um, but you know what's funny though is that. Not only was Eureka such a great success and had such a great following, because it was on sci-fi, it ended... I Fargo. Yes, Fargo was the guy's name. Oh, that's his character yeah. name. Thank you. Uh, Douglas Fargo. No, I know. that. I'm trying character. to think of the actor. Oh, gosh dang it. I just had it. Um, <laughs> Neil something, I think. Back. Neil. No, wait, it was... Um... I think you might be right, but it's Grayson, uh, Grayson? Oh. Neil Grayston. Grayston thank you. Neil Grayston. Love yeah. that guy. Um, and because they filmed Eureka in Canada, it's it's funny because some of the actors from that show randomly show up on our commercials. You know, I mean, the the guy who played the the um, cafe owner, he shows up on the odd random commercials. He was in Once Upon a Time and all these other little things. So I'm like, oh. So every time I see these actors doing other things, I always get hit in the feels again. Oh. Well. You know what's really kind of funny? I really kind of wish Eureka had gone on a little bit longer because um, Alpha's was kind of a sister show to Eureka, but Mm -hmm. Warehouse 13 was also a a sister show kind of crossover with Eureka as well because uh, Fargo and Mm -hmm. and, uh, Allison Scagliotti's uh, Mm -hmm. character would cross back and forth and i always thought you know wouldn't it be great if allison's character and felicia's character met on the same set oh my god it'd be magic <laughs> that's that'd be really cool wouldn't it yeah she was she was a redhead right so i mean isn't there yes. a rule you can you can't have more than one redhead on the same set <laughs> oh but there should, there should be, be. There should unless be. you're a weasley you can only have one on the same set well, the Weasley, they had like 8 million redheads on the same set. And it was amazing. Redheads are wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Um, but no, I, that, that's the show. I, oh, I so missed that show. I hated that it was over. I mean, it had a good, nice beginning in the middle and end, and it didn't feel like it jumped the shark. And so you can always look back fondly that way. But I just, oh, God, such a good show. There's a lot. They could have done a lot more with it. Like, mm-hmm. the thing is, I remember you said earlier that you were commenting that they had a lot more social, they had a lot more um, corporate advertising yes. included in the yeah. show. But I think that actually occurred during the writer's strike. Oh, that might have been true. The timing on that seems about right. So they, yeah, the timing on that. Because I remember, I actually, I'm looking over at my um, collection of DVDs right now. Um, some of the seasons were split in like 2.5 and 3.5, or they had like m- less than a typical American uh, season or series if you're in the UK. Right. Like 10 episodes as opposed to like the 16 that's common for USA or the 23 that for a more commercial network like ABC. Right, right. Yeah, because what Sci-Fi was, was doing, they would do this weird thing where they would start airing the first half of the season during the summer, and then you had to wait till like freaking March or April to, for them to finish airing it while they, they would then start filming the next season. Well, they, right, they right. did that with Warehouse 13, which is why that season has 20 episodes as opposed to 13. Um, and then they were like, you know what? We're just we're just gonna cancel it. And it's like, uh, no, 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 no. You're not canceling on that cliffhanger. Like, I don't think so. Fuck you. Not happening. <laughs> they got so much hate mail. They were like, okay, we'll renew it for six more episodes to tie everything up, and that's what you get. And we're like, okay, good. <laughs> like, you're not gonna God. you're not gonna have Claudia stab somebody and then have it end there. Like, that's not happening. Sci-fi is really good about doing that to really good shows. Like I used to watch this one show on Sci-Fi called The Invisible Man. Oh, I remember that one. It's such a good show. Like they had Darian Fox. He had a gland in his head that turns him invisible, and it was just like it was cool. It was sciency. It was you know well paced. It had a lot of you know like buddy cop humor, and they got rid of it after two seasons because the second season they brought in like what felt like a bunch of really rushed plot points mm, and then yeah. they stopped airing it consistently so you couldn't catch the next episode and then they ended it and you're like well fuck you guys <laughs> yeah and then they did the same thing like, with a... uh, sanctuary and the reason why they canceled sanctuary right. was because they took their sweet ass time on like well <laughs> should we renew the sound stage that we filmed this on well i don't know i i don't know maybe we're running out of time and then finally somebody else jumps in rents it and they're like well, because we don't have our location anymore, we're just canceling the show. I'm like, you Ugh, son of a bitch. That is awful. I know. Look, it is. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Sanctuary, too. But it was also one of the most expensive shows ever filmed yeah. because it was entirely green screen. Almost entirely green screen. Seems that one where they, uh, they, they colony that lived under the dome or something. It was a very similar thing. It was, it was a pretty good show, but it was just too expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, they had, like, really crappy CGI dinosaurs. And it was like, well. Yeah. When you have to start cutting the production budget because it's the only way you can make the show, then it's like, well, this... There's a problem. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Like, half the time, I don't know how Once Upon a Time does it, and that's, like, one of the most popular TV shows on on, on TV right now. And even them, sometimes their their effects are, you know, they're okay. They're not great, but they're okay. Well, ABC can also recycle sets a lot more efficiently. Like... Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't really... I think I've seen like one or two pets of Once Upon a Time, and I have seen a lot of Castle, hmm. and I can tell you that there's some similarities in between the sets. Well, I can, <laughs> Just I can actually drop some behind-the-scenes knowledge on this. My sister-in-law worked on Once Upon a Time, and there, oh, yeah? there is a few... It, she's now a location scout for DC Legends of Tomorrow, but there is three or four sites that they use all the time. 
Like if next time you see a clearing that's in a forest, it's the same clearing in the same forest every single time. <laughs> they've used. Oh, wow. of course. She said they've used it a minimum of twenty times. Um, <laughs> minimum always use it. Twenty. Always oh, wow. always use it. They they have uh, Stanley Park in Vancouver's used a lot, but this one specific clearing is just in a smaller park, a little little out of the way. But they they're constantly there. So um, we did we did the whole uh, once upon a time set tour when we visited her a couple of years ago. That's awesome. Like Storybrook. That is really Storybrook cool. is a small town called Steveston and it it is what you see it. The only difference is that there is no clock tower in the library. That's all CGI, believe it or not. Oh, really? That's interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, but the rest of the town is as is and and they leave it basically every uh, uh business owner has to leave it as is while they're filming and as soon as they're done filming it's their choice they can take the stuff down or they can leave it up and most people leave it up for tourism reasons yeah there's like, there's like one pizza shop at the end of the strip who's just like oh finally they're gone and everyone else is like oh they're gone <laughs> <laughs> so Aww. but it's a neat little town if you're ever up your the vancouver area i'd recommend going going into it just just itself is a nice cute little town mm-hmm. but, that's uh, cool well i plan to because uh... I was going to say, because I know Supernatural films, films yeah, up there as well, and granted, I haven't like watched the series live for a mm-hmm. while, but some of the sites they used to film were so beautiful. Yeah, they, definitely. They fil- I just I would love to be a tourist and just like go see those sites. Well, I know? mean, we just did the Once Upon a Time tour. I could have done Flash. I could have done DC Legends of Tomorrow. I could have done now Super Arrow. Arrow Supergirl is now up there. Um, yeah. And, and Supernatural. I mean, those are just like five shows off the top of my head that I know film all in that Vancouver area. And, and, you know, my, my, my sister-in-law has like intimate knowledge of at least three or four of them. So it's just kind of like, okay, next time. Yeah. We did the once upon a time tour. Now let's do the flash tour or let's. That's so cool. So yeah, she, she could, she could make money being a tour guide. She really could. And now that she's the location scout, I mean, she just, she's the one who finds the spots for them to film. So I'm really interested to see how DC Legends of Tomorrow uh, ends up playing out this year, just because she has a bigger role in in the show. Um, with what, with once she was, she was a PA, so. Um, or a key mm-hmm. PA, I guess, at the end of it, which is just kind of the PA's boss, I think. <laughs> um, I think so. I think so. Now, in terms of other shows, you guys talked about shows that you, you thought ended too soon. Um, I think everybody has that one show, and if, if you guys mentioned that one show um, in, in, in that little conversation we had about uh, a little bit ago, by all means, like, yeah, that's the show. But is there another show that just didn't make it, and you're just kind of like, why? Why did that happen? Give me a card. Where to start? Uh, well, um, I actually, I I have a very contentious relationship with Fox mm. Channel right now, the American Fox Channel, because Most people do. Firefly, of course. Because <laughs> yeah. is everybody going to? Everybody says Firefly. I am one of those people. But there's another show I really liked on there called Lie to Me. Oh, which is such yes. A, you know, yes, yes. That's such a good show. Like I have. Again, on my DVD rack, all three seasons of the show. I haven't finished watching yet, partly because I'm sad to. Like, it's one of those things. I'll buy DVDs sets, and then I'll be afraid to watch them because it's like, no, but then I finished them. Was that, was that the one, and correct me if I, I'm wrong there, where the, the last episode he ended up like in the river, and, and you, think, you think he's dead, but he's, you're not sure? Maybe I'm thinking. I think you might have spoiled that for me if that's the case. No, I, oh, no. I, no, no I, I, I don't know if that's the show or not, but... Uh, I thought the one. I think that one but, was a one-season show. What I'm thinking, it's the one where you can't. Uh, I know there was one. I know there was another one actually that you're. I think you're. Um, it's called um, John Doe. That might have been it. Like I don't know if the, it started out like that. Actually, there is this guy who wakes up naked in the middle of a forest, and he's completely monochromatic, colorblind, which is super duper rare. Oh, all right. 
and he wakes up. He has abs- He knows for some reason all of the random trivia of the world, like how many dimples there are in a golf ball, yeah. or you know, like you know, or like how many you know squares per whatever is in a quilt if he just takes one look at it. But he cannot remember his name. He can't see any kind of color, and he doesn't know who he is. That was a cool show, and it was only one season long. He ended up helping the police department out just because they were trying to figure out who he was because he showed up and they're like, who are you? And he's like, I don't know. Oh. And it, that was a cool show too. Went way too soon. How about you, Joey? A show that I felt ended too soon? Yeah. Well, a show that I felt kind of got the financial acts and didn't really quite give the fans the end that they wanted. Like, they still loved the way that it ended, but felt like that they could have really gone further with it if they really, truly wanted to, but because Paramount's a dick, and that was charmed. <laughs> um, yes. I was... Really? Yeah, because basically what had happened was the end of season seven, which is the second to last, um, Mm -hmm. they had to write the season finale as if it was like a series finale, and thank God it wasn't a series finale because like, it it left you with some closure, but it also left you with a lot of questions, and then when season eight came around, Paramount was like, okay, so we're cutting your budget per episode by half, you have to get rid of so many of these cast members if you want to come back and there you go so what brad kern ended up doing was he literally budgeted every single episode so that he could at least have the guy that played leo for the first half of the season Mm -hmm. and then as a way for them for the the charmed ones to be like okay well you know, if you defeat this evil, like, we'll bring him back, but because the Angel of Death had, you know, Leo on his list, he's going to have to go at one point. So the Angel of Destiny comes in when they call him, or, or her for this matter. Um, but then he had to risk if he was going to be available for the series finale at the very end, which is actually the oh. same season where you, you, we, um, like, I had seen her in other stuff before, but this it was the season, it was one of the shows that Keely Cuoco really kind of, like, got noticed on. Because um, she played... Oh, was she in there? Yeah, she was in the final season. She played Billy. Um, oh, my goodness. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. She played... Uh, she was Paige's uh, charge, because Paige... She's half witch, half white lighter, which white is lighter. their yep. version of Angel, uh, because of a whole mm-hmm. backstory thing. Um, but I felt that the way that the show ended was by the... By not even having an image of Shannon Doherty's character, Prue, who was actually the older sister, even Mm -hmm. being seen was kind of like a slap in the face. But the problem was... She hadn't given her permission to be on the show at that after after a certain point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like there was still a bit of drama there, but it was also that even if they wanted to use an image of her it would have cost $15,000 just to have oh, her wow. picture yeah. in a frame shown for three seconds. Yeah. That's expensive. Yeah. Very. And I was like, even then, like it, it, it kind of pissed me off, but I still feel like that show could have gone somewhere else um, because there was, a, there was actually a really popular charmed forum where they wrote 
were fans, and I was one of them, where we wrote two additional seasons. I mean, we elevated where that show could have gone. And it's like That's if, impressive. If, like, if we could come up with 22 episodes, like, an actual script format that could have bumped the show up higher, and this would have, like, been, like, amazing, it's like, Paramount, what the hell is wrong with you? And then, of course, you know, they're, re- they're re-releasing everything, and they're re- they've removed all music from all the episodes, and the theme music is gone. Yeah. I'm like, like, fuck you. That's dumb. <laughs> I That's hate so it dumb. when shows do yeah. that. I'm like, I hate it. Ugh. I think I remember that actually. They didn't bother securing the rights. They didn't bother securing the rights to the uh, theme music, so they couldn't. They, every time they had they used it, they'd have to pay a certain fee, and they couldn't. They were so cheap, they didn't do it. Yeah, it was where the final season got released on DVD. Uh, they didn't renew the home theater rights for the theme music, so they're like, "We're just gonna throw in, you know, a crappy instrumental, and then, you know, we'll we'll ship it out, and then." pissed everybody off but it was the first and only dvd set where we got special features aside from the deluxe edition that came out later and we got to see the unaired pilot Mm. i have three so emily if you want to dive into what yours are oh um well it's a bit complicated for me because Aside from, like, Supernatural, Doctor Who, My Little Pony, don't judge me. Um, what? I, Only positively. <laughs> right? Um, I don't right. actually watch a whole lot of... T- well, Once Upon a Time, too. But I don't actually watch a whole lot of TV. Like, most of what I watch otherwise is, like, anime. And the thing is with anime, like, even if a series ends a little sooner than you'd expect, most of the time, anime is adapted from a manga. So most of the time you could just go online or like a bookstore or something and just read the manga of it. And usually that'll be a continuation of the story. So I don't really have too many shows that I feel ended too soon because most of the time I can just read what happens. Mm. So Six words for you, Emily. Sword Art Online, the movie, OMG. Yes! Uh. Oh my god, I'm so excited. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it's cool. I'm so excited for that. Oh my goodness. I gener- ah. I generally don't get involved with TV shows and the reason I don't is I I found that the one of the new shows every season the one that I like generally gets cut. Um the most recent one that has bothered me and and I don't know if a lot of people beyond me watched this was Journeyman. Um was was this a show that I... either of you watched or any of you watched, sorry? I'm not sure I've heard of it. I don't think I have either. It was I think very I heard of the title. Yeah, it was a very quantum leap type thing like Basically, this guy has a fiance, and he's on a plane with her, and all of a sudden, she disappears, and he oh, wow. and he never sees her oh. again at, at this point. And so everyone's like, "Well, where is she?" There's this big investigation. You know, what did he do to her? Did he push her out of the plane? They searched all the ground below, and so they they you know he was under constant scrutiny for somehow killing her, but they they eventually cleared him after ten years of going through this hell. You know, and, and years, yeah, ten years. So he, he goes through this whole big hell thing and, and everything is fine and, you know, he's got a new wife now and they're married and they're happy and everything is going good. And then all of a sudden he sees her again and she doesn't want to talk to him. And he's like, what the hell? Where did you go? So, he's, so he starts chasing after her and basically what happens is that she is a time traveler that she travels. It, like you have no idea when you leave or when you go. You're just, you just get taken from your time and you're sent to another time. 
you get a headache. It's the only reason, the only way you know that you're about to jump is that you get a screaming headache and then you just have to be prepared to be anywhere in time. And oh, it, wow. And then it's very quantum leap where you got to go and you have to, you know, fix a very specific situation. And once you have fixed the situation, you can go back to your normal timeline. So he, he of course, he's got a son. He's got a family. He's, you know, started his life after this horrendous ordeal with his girlfriend that he hadn't seen in 10 years. She shows up and she's got the same affliction. And, and so he, he has it and he's jumping around. He's trying to learn. She's, teach, she's teaching him what to do because there's never been more than one. There's always just been one. Um, that she knew of and and the show basically ends with him seeing a guy that you see in the first episode that had the same gift but ends up dying and he passed it on to the main character anyway it was very doctor who quantumly and i loved it i love those kind of shows and it only got one year and um, kevin mckidd was the lead in that i think he's on er now or some other big uh, I don't know uh, what is that called hospital drama I don't like hospital dramas I don't like courtroom yeah. and I don't like political really. so those three can go out the windows um, <laughs> um, Studio 60 and the Sunset Strip was another one uh, I thought was a very smart witty show it was a Matthew Perry led show and I think Matthew Perry's done some really good work since Leaving Friends but for some reason I seem to be the only one or there are a very small amount of us Seem to be the only one. Like, I think his odd couple got two two seasons, so that's kind of neat. But yeah. um, Studio 60 and Sunset Strip was basically, like, behind-the-scenes Saturday Night Live. And uh, he's kind of Lorne Michaels' character, and it was really well done. I liked it a lot, but again, only one or two seasons for that, gone. Um, mm. And the third one uh, I am blanking on right now, and it is bothering me. Oh, Pushing Daisies. And that's the one. Oh, that one was so good. That's the one that bothered me the most. I loved that show. Yeah, that show was really, really, really good. So good. I will throw one more out here, and it is the cliffhanger to the really crappy season of Torchwood Miracle Day. Mm. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Torchwood and Deadwood. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Who <laughs> said to tell him to shut up? <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> Sorry. How randomly out of nowhere. Um, Excuse me, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, my dad is watching the debate and he's yelling at Trump. I don't blame no, him. That... I mean, oh, wait, I'm did sorry. I say that? <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought somebody <clears throat> was yelling at me to shut up. I was like, okay, I'll no, no, no. I'm sorry. Like, did I piss somebody off? No, out? no, I'm sorry. That's, uh, Sorry about that. that please, please keep well, that. It's actually, it's actually funny. Um, no. When Tierlin, um said she wasn't going to make it, uh, I, I, I had reached out to another person to see if they could they could assist. And they're like, ah, the debate's on. There's going to be a lot of yelling in my house. So I don't think that's a smart <laughs> idea. I'm like, okay, well, maybe Emily could do it. And I'm grateful yeah, that you're he's... here. Yeah, he's watching it on his computer with his headphones on, and I was kind of hoping it would be quiet, but apparently not. That's fine. Your father is all of us right it's now. It's true. Yeah. Even even me in Canada, he's like, just shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut him up. I, 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 I may ask to sleep on your couch for a few minutes. <laughs> I am not a political guy. I hate it, but, I mean, he scares the shit out of me. And yeah. He should scare the Seriously. shit out of any sane person. So, um, I, I, yeah. Oh, look. Journeyman on this list. Great. Awesome. <laughs> I'm not the only one. Um, Yay. Uh, so let's uh, maybe perhaps dive into something else. Uh, Summer, you have hmm. a education, I presume, in something? 
Uh, yeah, I actually have a I have a degree in biology from uh, my my college. Cool? I I'm one of those people. I spent several years going to a private liberal arts college, and I spent ex- several years paying off the debts. Mm. So, <laughs> um, I will say i I was happy to I was happy with my education. I I seemed I came out came out of it with an unintentional specialty in uh, physiology of the cell, oh. which I do not get to use at all in my current line of work. Oh. I can at least say that pharmacy or pharmacy technician work, I do get to use my science knowledge to an extent, right. but it's not it's not like I'm actively doing it every day, especially since my spe- especially since these days I'm more interested in pharmacy insurance. Mm-hmm. And that's more of what I've been doing. Pretty cool. Um yeah, for for I I I have a, I I have two college degrees, one I use every day and one I probably only use in the hobby times of my world. Um, I, I, I am an IT tech by trade, but um, my mm-hmm. very first college degree is in something called aquaculture, which is... Oh, you, so you have, you have to do with um, equal, like, uh, aqualog- aqu- um, aquacultural farming and yeah, whatnot? Yeah, you're, you're probably the first person who knows what that is that I've ever spoken I, to. Um, I've read a little bit about it. Yeah, no, it's fascinating stuff, especially considering what you can grow underwater and what is edible. That's just like the plant mm-hmm. life. I, I, I'm more focused on, on uh, you know, fish life and whatnot. But, yeah, it's in general, right. same sort of concept because it's all, you know, a, a full uh, enclosed system. And, and uh, yes. I'm surprised nobody said angel, actually, now that I think of it. I was going <laughs> to, but I was like, you no know comments. what? It was done by Joss Whedon. I'm not going to harp on him. You know, and, <laughs> well, I don't think Joss wanted it to end either. I mean, look at the last episode he shot. It's like, okay, well, you know, what's next? Oh, nothing. We're done. The thing is with Joss Whedon is that for the most part I like a lot of what he's done, but some of it is very for me hit or miss. Um, I am that rare person who is not a huge Buffy fan. <laughs> like I liked it, I thought it was fun, but I'm with you. I, I some of the casting was not what I how I would have casted it. Shall we just say leave it there? Um, yeah, I I mean I watched Buffy couple of years ago when when omar and me the two broke geeks started their uh uh well omar from two broke geeks with chris bermonte who's on uh, accidental party uh the the improv troupe that's on geek and sundry's twitch channel as well as right. holland farkas who used to be a geek and sundry vlogger they started a podcast called yes. sunnydale study group I, i'd never seen buffy before i'm like well i've watched everything else whedon's done i've watched everything else felicia's done for some reason, I haven't watched Buffy, so let's let's kind of close this gap. And and I watched it, and I, you know, I, I'm like you. I liked it. I didn't love it. it it's not my, it's not my. You know, I ha- my my everything has to be a part of this. I thought season two and season three were very good. I thought the rest were average to okay, and some of them were just flat, not good at all. So. I think this is also the point where you and I have to run for oh, like I know. Um, Duck and cover. hiding places because all the Buffy fans are going to come out right? after this. Well, I, have and to again. Say, I have to say, though, like every fall, I get the itch to watch season four, episode one, like when she's going to college for the first time, because I can relate to that in terms of high school so much more. Because when I got into high school, like, it was completely new. Like I'd already done two years of middle school where it was just our seventh and eighth grade class. And I had just right. barely gotten adjusted to that. And then going into high school, it was kind of the same thing. And then for years I had wanted to go to college. And then finally I, I, I did, I got my bachelor's in like two and a half years as opposed to four. Cause I didn't take any vacation. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, 
thank you. I feel very inadequate right now. <laughs> well, I'll put it to you this way. Each of my classes lasted a month long, so I had a midterm and a final all in the same month. Oh, God. And that's summer awful. school right there for me. And yeah. actually less than a month. It was literally four weeks. I had to do 250 topics of math. Oh, and I hadn't been yeah. in a classroom, a math class, for like almost 10 years. And I passed it with like an 88.5. I'm like, I'll take it. And I ran. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because I was That's aiming for straight A's. Like I, w- I had the whole Felicia wanted to have like a high GPA complex when I was when I had started. And when I passed the math with an 88.5, I'm like, nope, I'll take it. I'll suck it up and run because <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not going to let this one beat me up. <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny? Like I – this is the thing. People – People like compliment me, like, and I'm I'm not trying to be egotistical. They'll say, "Oh wow, you're so smart," you know, and like, and I'll thank them. But they hear I'm thinking to myself, I didn't have the best GPA when I graduated college, but at that point I was so exhausted. And like, here's the thing: I went to a, I was, I'm from a tiny town in Arizona. The education, the education ranking in Arizona in the United States is not among the top ten, shall we just say? So. When I went to college, I thought I knew how to study. I thought I knew how to do all these things. And I was very wrong. And instead of doing the sensible thing and, like, you know, taking, like, a sabbatical, I plunged right in and was just like, screw this. I'm finishing it. I don't care. Oh, great. I barely passed organic chemistry. Done. Get it out of the way. Don't care. Not retaking it. Mm. <laughs> well, you get into survival mode in some pa- in some cases. And Yes. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, the Buffy show was, was pretty good at showing that. I mean, the character of Buffy was pretty much in survival mode. Uh, well, most of the show, but I think once the high school days ended in particular, because, you know, she wasn't going to college through most of that. Spoiler alert. I mean, it's been many years, so I hope that's not a big deal <laughs> to right. any of you. Um, and, and, you know, I, and I may have said some negative things about it, but I, I will say these, these, these couple things. First of all, the, my favorite hour of television ever was the Buffy episode, The Body. Um, nothing like it I've ever seen before or since. Um, as somebody who lost my mom in and around the same age frame that Buffy was and and the kind of how she had to deal with it and all that sort of stuff, I related to that like no like no other TV show I've ever seen. So um, I will give that one full credit. I think they nailed that. Um, I loved the character of Anya. Absolutely loved Anya's character, but she was pretty much all I cared about for the last little bit. I hated what they did to Willow. Um, near the end. Willow was my favorite character, and then they kind of ruined her, and that's what kind of ruined the show for me, I think, personally. Yeah, when I was doing college, I had a very Hermione slash Willow complex. I was working <laughs> 60 hours a week. I yeah. was head of seven departments for a online radio station. And on top of other things that I was doing for the radio station, including live shows, and I was doing school, and somehow managed to graduate salutatorian, and I still don't know how I did it. <laughs> I really don't. I look back and I'm like, the fuck was I smoking? <laughs> like, what was I taking to be able to do this? That's impressive. I, I, Is that kind of just like a blur? <laughs> I got in survival mode, and I and I stopped even caring about my grades. I'm like, did I pass? Great, perfect. On we go. And you know, right. I'm a solid B student, and I've been through most of my life, and that was that was good. That was fine by me. I didn't have to blow people's socks off. I just needed to be competent in, in what what I do. Um, 
I think if I ever found something I was that good at, I would have found that true passion that I am still looking for. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. I, you know, I, I don't like, know if people, I mean, the very few people I think actually find it. And when they do, hold on to it. Don't let it go. Guys, please, you'll be happier. But I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it is for me yet. I'm good at things. Well, the funny thing is that people are like, oh, yeah, you know, you should always, you know, have a, you should always have that true passion. And the you know, like, I'm not speaking for myself in this case. I think I'm speaking for, like, everybody who may have thought this. Like, every friend I know who has an English degree and is still trying to find work, like, associated with it. But it's just, like, how many times is your passion going to also be what, put, what puts food in your yeah. mouth? Like, Yeah, that's right very now, true. It's like, you know what? I find pharmacy interesting. But a lot of times healthcare, healthcare, I love helping people. Mm. Like... Don't get me wrong. I love helping people. I like knowing that I can get them their medications. I like knowing that everything is set up on their end. I like knowing that they are getting everything in for the therapy schedule that they're on. But it is heartbreaking to me to do yeah. it. I've been working in healthcare for the past, God, I don't even know. And it, <clears throat> it tears me to pieces, yeah. you know. I was thinking about becoming a nurse just for that reason. And I want, it's like I, want, I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to help people. But, you know, aside from the whole difficulty of getting into nursing school in my area I may I might have to move and then this, again the, the the credits I have taken might not transfer and all the difficulties inherent in it mm-hmm. it's backbreaking work a lot of the time I mean it's like you don't take a job like nursing or whatnot because you want people to be grateful right. like that's not what you go into healthcare right. for but you go into healthcare because you want to help but so often it's the people who work in healthcare who need the help more yes Mm-hmm. And I find policing is the same thing. They're there to protect, but they're the ones that probably need, you know, a lot of the, the protection from, you know. Exactly. It, it's, it's, it's really hard. And, and I know right now there's a lot of scrutiny, specifically in the U.S., about police departments. Oh, and, goodness. And I, and I know mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that are police officers. And, and if, if, I, if I even thought for a second of that any of them were crooked, I would tear them down in a second because of the amount of power they wield. But there is a lot of people. And I'm saying a lot of people that go out there every day and do an incredible job. Yeah, unfortunately, there's there's some really idiots, humongous idiots that have the same power that go out there and do stupid things. But for the most... And those are the ones the media focuses on, of Right, course. and, and, and it, it's a shame because they all get painted with the same brush. It's like any sort of yes. witch hunt. Is, is In most cases, most people are fine. It's, it's weeding out the bad ones, and they have to have something in place to get those out, be it a sensitivity test or just scenarios where they use, you know, race as, as you know, how are you going to deal with this? And I think mm-hmm. these things need to come into play because, again, most people I think are good, but you got to weed out those that aren't. I'm pretty sure that, La- I think it was Lao Tzu in The Art of War who said that the first step to making an enemy is to remove his or her humanity. Yeah. And that's, the problem is, it's like, I see so much of that. It's like I have friends, I have people I know who've been in the military. I have people I know who've been in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And the fun, and the thing is, is policemen or police women are acting like military yeah. when they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, and even the military have a very standardized, you know, ro- you know, steps they have to take before they actually open fire. Yeah. And those are being skipped in America. <laughs> and, oh my God, I don't... <clears throat> Honestly, to call some of those people who just shoot people and get away with it, like calling them police officers, it's like spitting on the very, it's spitting on what the, on the good they do every day from protecting people to making sure they don't drive drunk or, 
you know, just even like bringing people food. Like I see so many cops doing, you know, it's, it's completely, it could be a lot better than it is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, 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 it's a very tough topic, but I mean, one that I I want anyone who know who's listening to this in armed forces or, or police work is really we, 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 as, and I mean, I'm a very privileged white male in Canada. But I, I can sit here and, and say that I'm very grateful for the work that you put in. But if you ever see color as opposed to see a situation, I have a problem with you. Um, and I don't care if this is through experience or whatnot. Every person you're dealing with is different. And you have to, and exactly. you have to be aware of that or else you're not fit to carry the badge. Anyway. Anyone got a light topic they want to talk about? <laughs> right? Yeah, let's talk about the presidential debate. That's a lot lighter time. Uh, Shut up. That's no, no. That's debatable. <laughs> geeky passions. What are some of your geeky passions? Uh, well, I don't like geeky passions. Well, I like TV, of course. Mm. Um, geeky passions. No, this is and this is a thing. You know, I have this is a geeky passion of mine, and this is a, maybe a, not a weird thing to say in the era of Twitch, but I used to love to go over to friends' house and just watch them play video games. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's relaxing. It's fun. It's like watching a TV show where you get to interact. And it's a lot of fun that way. So that's one of the reasons I think I like Twitch so much. These, um, Let's see, but other geeky passions. Well, just to relate to that, um, what I used to do is um, my dad and I and my sister, we used to play a game on the PlayStation called Cool Borders. And mm-hmm. we would unhook the audio and we would plug in the stereo and because it was running through the VCR, we would put a tape in and we would record like our own music to it. So like we had John Fogarty, we had like Rob Zombie with cool borders and stuff. So like we would like make our own like kind of like music videos with that. But we'd also like record our other game footage like Tomb Raider and NASCAR and stuff. And we'd sit, we'd later we'd sit back and, and rewatch it. So watching other people and even on Twitch, like you know, th- that's where like some of those other little things like really got started. So I could totally relate to that. No, I love that. No, my brother actually, my, I was never a very good Nintendo player when I was a kid, but we did have a Nintendo. I'm showing my age. <clears throat> so I um, had an I had Atari an... and an Intellivision. Don't worry I, about it. I had, <laughs> okay, that's, that's I had an, uh, an Atari dark, dark dungeon. I think it's either dark dungeons or dark chambers was the name of the game. And we also had a Nintendo and then we then eventually went to Sega Saturn PlayStation and up through there. I played Pong, I guys. Always... I played Pong. Oh. <laughs> but that you got the original, though. That's so cool. It was that neat. is really cool. Straight out of the UK, it was kind of neat. Yeah. No, I I was more of a I was always more of a computer gamer mm. than I was um, console. A console. I'm a computer gamer. gamer as well. But my, but you know, like it's kind of like I was reading in Felicia's memoir that oh hey you know my mom always she says you know my mom always wanted to make sure we played educational games. Thing is, my mom was the same way. Mm. <laughs> but so here we are with the computer. And I would play Number Munchers, mm. Word Munchers, mm. um, Math Blaster. That was a fun game. Oh, my God. Uh, Math Blaster, Word Blaster, like games like that. There was even a game where you could walk around rooms like as this one character and you had to dodge like electric snakes and then solve math, pro- like, math word problems. Mm. That was so much fun. Mm. And, of course, the Oregon Trail. I mean, it's addictive. My number one will always be where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Carmen Sandiego. Yes. yes. That's a good oh one. Oh, my God. God. Hours, I hours, hours of black and white Macintosh play. 
Oh, I love. Oh man, I used to watch. I used to watch her cartoon yep. too. It was so good. Yeah, that that cartoon was awesome. I remember watching that one as well. Or even the PBS yeah. show. Did you see that where they had the acapella group on it that they would? Yes, sing that it? was the best. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm jealous. I I didn't have cable when I was a kid, so I never saw PBS oh. until later. That was kind of cool too. I liked that as well. I was. I've always been a huge Carmen Sandiego fan. I cannot believe no one's done a real time movie of this yet. And if they have, I don't. I haven't heard of it. But. Uh, I'll write a script. Do it, man. Get it made. Because that is something that, that, that is, like, it's the whole, our whole culture is taking stuff from people's childhood now. It's like, oh, you have disposable income now. Let's give you a movie. Or, you know. Wait, <laughs> since when? Or, or, or do you remember? Right? When, where, where is this disposable income you speak of? Well, no, it, it's <laughs> a myth, of course. Really. You know, yeah, it's definitely okay. a myth. The, the 1% has disposable income. It's like, hold on a second. Income, I'm... But, no. <laughs> like, if we like, have disposable income, you can afford a new computer. Oh. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. You're just, no. No, I'm sad. I probably do need one. Yeah. I actually, a friend is building me a gaming desktop, so, yeah. I, I don't have to pay for well, it. We <laughs> oh, we might see you stream some interesting little sims, then? <laughs> right? Some dating sims? Oh, my gosh. The ladies? We... <laughs> my friend yeah, created... I, I have some of those. A friend of mine created Yay. a sims thing where he put all of his friends in, in a group and just walked away. And he wanted to see who ended up dating who, and all of his friends were married already. And like, oh. he ended up with his wife. He's like, "Yes, it works," but everyone else swap partners, and they're all getting upset. Oh, no. And I was like, "Well, why oh, didn't you end up with him? Did you program her wrong?" <laughs> oh my god, I'm oh, no. laughing so hard. No. Ah, uh, so geeky passions. We got into TV. Um, I actually speaking of TV, and this is. Perhaps a little embarrassing because right now my TV is on mute on the Food Network. <laughs> yes, Food Network. Nothing wrong with that. I I love the Food Network probably to a slightly unhealthy degree. Like right now, like some of my favorite shows are like Worst Cooks in America, mm -hmm. um, Chopped, of course. Love Chopped. Yes. Uh, I like uh, Ina Garten a lot. I think her shows are very relaxing to watch. Like if I'm having a bad day, she just relaxes me, like talking about, you know, her way of making like a nice meringue <laughs> yeah no i understand it's just like it's so soothing and plus a lot of her recipes are actually pretty easy for a home cook like me to do because i don't pretend to have any like chef like aspirations but i will say that the food network has taught me at least how to use a knife properly uh -huh. like kitchen accidents went down after i started watching the food network and the value of a sharp knife like i always just thought yeah my knife's sharp enough to do stuff and then when you actually have a nice sharp knife you're like Oh, I mean, yeah, you got to be very careful, but it's such a huge difference. Oh, right. Not, not to mention like the right kind of yes. knife even. Yes. Like I used to, you know, you know, like right out of college, you know, you do you have the cheapest of everything, uh -huh. you know, you can't necessarily afford the good stuff. So here I am, here I was rather trying to chop with a steak knife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you all, you all know how where that, well, that does not yes. work. Uh, yeah. Serrated bad. Yeah. <laughs> Serrated very bad. Serrated takes forever to cut mm -hmm. things. Yeah. It's good for slicing bread, as I but know. But that's about all it's yeah, pretty good much. for. Unless you eat meat, in which case it's good for slicing steak. Yes, I would not know about that. And you would not know. I will say also <laughs> they are very good for slicing firm tofu. Oh, oh really? Which I actually, yes, which I actually do like as well. I like tofu very much. Okay. I'll try that next time. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, if you like bake tofu to the point where it has a crunchy exterior, it's a lot easier to cut it with a serrated knife. Okay, good to know. Yeah. One other thing that uh, little birdie has told me is you do a podcast of your own. 
I do indeed. <laughs> it is called Untitled Sex. Um, I talk about sexual health awareness, sexual health for yourself, and I also discuss sexuality and uh, safety in all senses of the word. Consent, of course, extremely important. Can we call you Dr. Mirror? <clears throat> is that something? I probably I would like to be called that, but I'm pretty sure I'd get sued by the national board. We could just spell doctor differently, you know, D D O K T E R, whatever mirror. So you're spelling it in German instead of in English. Yes, doctor. Doctor. If you're gonna call me that, you're gonna call me doctor. You better call me the doctor. The doctor. Yes, exactly. There you go. Okay, so I have a question. Sure. And the only way I have to throw something else in there to fully, like, explain the whole point around it that I'm trying to get to, because okay. I have actually asked real doctors this question, and I've I've even presented it the same way to them that I'm going to present it to you. Sure. Okay. HIV slash AIDS. Mm-hmm. Where. Did it originate? Now, because I know that stuff, you know, evolves and viruses evolve. So in terms of okay. like, you know, in the beginning, you know, there was this and then there was this. Like, okay, where did it come from? They they eventually did trace it back to monkeys, didn't they? In Africa. Uh, yeah. yeah, they did, I think. I think. So. That was recently. Like, that was the rumor for years. And then I think they they actually scientifically traced it to monkeys a couple of years ago in Africa. Now, where it came from there, I, the, I don't know. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that's, I think that's part of it. But the thing is with viruses, like you've actually touched upon um, a part of my degree I almost never get to use. Viruses are technically speaking, tech, very technically speaking, living things. Like they don't reproduce the way we do. They don't respirate. They don't like, they're not what we would call alive, but they have shown proof of life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Because so here's the when, thing with the original. Like, for example, with, when the world ends, the last living thing in the world is going to be bacteria. Probably. First and last. Bacteria and viruses. Because viruses live in. Like, some viruses are even. Like. They're constantly changing. Like, take the flu vaccine, for example. Like, I'm going to have to talk around until I get to there, to the AIDS, the HIV virus. No, that's online. totally fine. Because, take, like, I, I'm, I just need this, like, this gap in my head filled. So thank you. <laughs> well. Here's my first supposition. My first supposition is you're thinking back to the 70s, like late 60s, early 70s, where people were saying it was because of gay men that the virus came about, which is absolutely not true. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, I, like I, I know that enough of the history that, like, there was traces of it, like, even before the turn of the century of, you know, the 20th century. Oh, absolutely. It, what I'm getting at is kind of like... Best way to really explain it is, like, if you look at it, like the so-called evolution of man, you know, you had Neanderthals and eventually you had man. It was like, kind of like where in time did HIV come about? Like, did it, is it from, did it, is it a mutation from something prior or was it like completely new? Like, like how did it just become? Okay. So keeping in mind that I haven't, I, Actually, I have my anatomy and physiology book right next to me. You know what? We're going to pull this book out. Not even joking. I'm going to pull this book out. And while I'm trying to find that section, I'm going to talk to you about what a little bit what I know about it. So most modern viruses and bacteria existed way back when. A lot of the bacteria don't change that much. Or they, when they do, they become 
symbiotic with other things. Like take mitochondria. Those are actually uh, separate beings that were integrated into the human system. Now we can't survive without them. They are part of what helps us breathe or respire, I should say, rather. So you have that. So in that sense, the HIV virus itself, although probably not in its current form, has been along, around for a very long time. However, not in its current form, because one thing viruses are really good at is chomping on other viruses and then integrating other codes into their own structure. So you have, so like, let's say you have the happy little, well, quote unquote, happy little HIV virus. Back then, it may not have been as contagious. It may have been more readily attacked by your T cells. It may not even have used the same mechanism to reproduce. Suddenly, it eats, some, it eats another virus or comes in contact with another virus that does feed on T cells, you know? So they become an unholy fusion. When, once they become that unholy fusion, they have um, increased both of their survival tactics and have become simultaneously more virulent. Then you have an explosion of... I don't even know if I want to call it an explosion of sexuality. You have an explosion of unprotected sex lasting for um, about two decades because they thought the pill would prevent the transmission of a lot of sexually transmitted illnesses that may not have necessarily been seen in as great a number. And then you introduce those to even other infectious people who may not even know they were sick, which then helps to create the epidemic that we know today as AIDS. So it's a combination of making itself stronger through evolution. Yeah, that's part of it. It's like viruses, viruses, when they come in contact with other viruses, they, there's a couple of things that can happen. Nothing is, was one of those things. Um, mutation or evolution in, an, in within itself, which is what you see in a lot of like flu vi vaccines, which is perhaps the one vaccination I do not agree with. And then you have others that cannibalize other viruses they cannibalize other viruses, take, integrate their, um, integrate them into uh, their own uh, structure. Notice I don't see DNA, their own structure, mm -hmm. and then use that to use that to proliferate. And I'm still trying to find HIV. Sorry. Am I answering your question at all, or is it like coming up with new ones? No, you're <laughs> you've actually filled in the gap sufficiently because I. <laughs> I remember way back even when asking like the school nurse and then going to like even Planned Parenthood and asking them for crying out loud, which they they were always like, well, it became very prevalent, you know, in, you know, the late 60s and in the early 70s and then it became what it is today. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I know that. I've read that tale. Sing me a new one. Okay. Like, I want to go back further. <laughs> like... Past well, the time Marty McFly went on screen, like let's figure out like, you know, like whereabouts kind of a thing. So, what you've explained has better explained it to me than anybody else has ever has. So thank you very much. <laughs> well, you're welcome. But I will point out, I mean, the people at Planned Parenthood or doctors or whatnot, they may have been explaining it to you in layman's terms. Like they didn't. I don't. It when a when somebody asks a doctor to explain something, they're assuming plain language. Like, it's, like, here I, here I am, you know, I didn't, like, when you were, when you asked me this question, I assumed you wanted me to go into specifics, but a doctor might hear, please explain it to me as easily as possible. That makes sense. I mentioned the fact that a lot, a lot of doctors might have been longer removed from their uh, practice, from their um, college education than I am. 
and it may not be it like depending on their specialty it may not be as easy to think about for them no that's true because like the way you, that i was like you wouldn't ask it you wouldn't ask a dentist about hiv well no but it was it was like i would i would ask I would, it was kind of like asking them and, and be like, okay, give me the Lord of the Rings answer to this question. <laughs> like, give me the full enchilada, okay? Like, give me the trilogy here. Is this where you take the, the starting monkey to the Mordor and throw him into? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and okay. it's over? No, no. don't do that. <laughs> Animal cruelty! I would love to throw the HIV virus into Mount Doom, I'm just saying. Yes, mm. that I agree with. Okay, so... Okay, so here, I have a bit of a clinical note here um, in my anatomy book. So, acquired immune deficiency syndrome, or AIDS, or late-stage HIV, is caused by the human immunodeficiency virus, which is HIV. The virus is a retrovirus. It carries its genetic information in RNA rather than in DNA, which is not... um, Like, we carry DNA, which gets transposed to RNA, and they do it the exact opposite. Um, The virus enters human leukocytes, which which is your white blood cells, and binds to CD4, the membrane protein characteristic of helper, helper T's, which are one of your white blood cells as well. The problem is, is that while attacking your immune system, they feed on the very thing your immune system uses to attack them. Like, so the body says, this is the, one of the reasons why HIV is so. Yeah, so the body's like, this is the cure. And then, you know, the HIV virus is like, oh, you think so? <laughs> You've just made oh, me It's stronger. like, oh, sweet, dinner time. Perfect. I've just Yeah, the thing is, if... And the thing is, if you can keep the HIV, if you can keep the HIV vi- itself from becoming full-blown AIDS, yeah, if you can keep your immune system strong, you actually can beat it back. Like, but the problem is, a lot of people don't know they're infected. Mm-hmm. Like, because the incubation period for HIV is quite long for a virus. It's not like the flu, which surfaces almost immediately. Like, comparatively speaking, HIV can take years, depending on how healthy you are. I mean, Mag- Magic Johnson is he's still alive and, and you know him well and he's had hiv for 20 plus years um yeah he's on a incredible cocktail yes. of antiretroviral ma- medications that keep the hiv virus at bay yeah, now he's mm-hmm. i say hiv virus that's redundant but right yeah. it's, no worries. HIV, it's, hiv virus virus yeah um no, we knew what you meant yes. but no <laughs> but you. he's also somebody who has the financial means to be able to afford to do this um oh certainly yeah, so that that helps tremendously i'm sure but uh, yeah, your podcast is, it's, it sounds super cool, like really, really cool. I'm going to let you just talk about it and it, promote it, say anything else you want to say about it, what you like to dive into, how many episodes you've done, when you, when you actually air the episodes, please. Okay, well, Jenna, I can start with the last question first, is that the, the um, podcast itself airs the first of every month. <laughs> um. Getting a slow clap. <laughs> I was like, what? No, what? <laughs> Emily's father likes something. <laughs> sorry, I heard my my wife's watching it. She was howling, laughing about thirty seconds ago. So it might have been the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so I'm sorry. We were talking about my podcast. podcast. Yes. Reset. <laughs> Continue. Okay, so um, I've done so far. I've done um, one, two, shoot, how many episodes have I done? Wait, it tells me how many tracks. It tells me how many tracks I have. I believe in you, Sugar Cube. <laughs> Yay. I have 23 tracks. Oh, cool. Um, so I've put, so actually I've been doing this for nearly two years now, haven't I? Wow. wow. Our, um, one or two episodes are extraneous because um, sometimes I get too 
mad to wait until my normal post date and I write a script out and then record Mm -hmm. it. Um, generally I started the podcast because there are certain areas in the United States, Texas, excuse me. Um, (laughs) that's one of them that, uh, promote what's known as abstinence only education. Uh, So Mm -hmm. what is, I mean, so here, let's, let's start with that. Actually, this, I do have a podcast about this, but let's talk about that right now. Is there anything wrong with abstinence? Absolutely not. There's nothing at all wrong with abstinence. My argument, as I posted in the podcast, and which, as which I'll say to you now, is that while there's nothing wrong with abstinence as a form of prevention of pregnancy and sexually transmitted illnesses and whatnot, they're not teaching them the other stuff. Like, they're not teaching them what a condom is. They're not teaching them what a dental dam is. They're not telling them why you don't go from, you know, anus to vagina, you know, penetration. They're not talking about, hey, you know, these are the ways you could be pressured into having sex. It's like... You're just saying, avoid sex or God will be mad and will spank you. It's like, are you serious? Mm. People are going to have sex. It's a perfectly natural thing. If you don't want to have sex, if you truly aren't interested in it, fine. Don't have sex. Nobody's forcing you. At least I freaking hope not. Right. Yeah. I'll come after you. Exactly. But hey, um, if God spanks me, then I call out a good time. <laughs> oh, my. Of course. Joey. Joey. How lewd. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, I was watching TV one point. I was, I was watching a Food Network show, I believe. And here I am, and there's a car commercial coming on where the, the car has, like, an upload to the – has a Wi-Fi connection. And the kid is, like, asking, okay, how many times does the – how, how long does it take for the Earth to go around the sun? 365 days, you know? Like, what, how do ducks keep from getting wet? Well, they have this oil on their feathers. How are babies made? The, and the, the father or the mother turns the connection off. One commercial would have been fine. I would have passed it by and been like, okay, a cute little avoidance of why parents don't want to talk about their, have their talk about sex to their kids. Fine. Except for the fact that I saw three different car commercials with virtually the same vein. And I'm like, <sighs> if you're not, if you parents are not going to be fucking responsible enough to talk to your children about sex and you wonder why you have, teen parents and you wonder why people are like oh here i am and i had a baby at 10 it's like excuse me it is your fucking job as a responsible adult presumably responsible enough to have children to educate your children about why they shouldn't have sex or if they do have sex early how to prevent pregnancy or transmitting illnesses or how to do it responsibly and with consent and these people and there are it's gotten to the point where it is a joke for parents to not talk about sex and you know what that's unforgivable because if you know they don't teach them and the schools don't teach them, who's going to teach them? As somebody who never had the talk, like never, yes, my, my school did a good job. My school did a good job of, of educating us from the time I was 12 years old on. There was always some level of education and, and a lot of it is also learned, unfortunately, through the schoolyard, if you will. But my I never yeah. had the talk. And and. With my parents, is they, they just avoided awkward things, and, and I don't think my dad knew how to ever talk about it. I don't think my mother ever wanted to talk about it. I'm hoping my mom had the conversation with my sister at some point, but I, I will never know that answer. Um, and I, I just, I, I'm sitting here going, I, I got mine through school education, but can I, can I brag about that school education? No, I, I was watching, in the 90s, I was watching videos from the 60s and 70s. Like, it, it, right. it was pretty ridiculous. I mean, I had a good head on my shoulders and therefore 
I figured out pretty quickly on my own the right things are doing, but some people don't have that luxury. Some people are placed in situations too soon, too fast. You know, there exactly. are people that hit puberty before others. There are people that are just naturally um, more attracted or more attractings, and so they, they garner a lot more attention, and they, and, and they don't know how to deal with that attention fast enough. And um, I don't know. It's... I agree with you. I think that's something a parent needs to have a conversation with their kid. They, I mean, don't avoid it because it's uncomfortable for you. You're their parent. You're the person who needs to teach them these lessons. And the school will do it, do a yeah. job, but it's never going to be as good as you can do. That's exactly right. And not to mention the fact that there's a couple of problems I have with that as well. It's like one, when I went to school, like I never. This is the. And there's a funny thing to say. I actually never got the talk either. And when I asked my mom about it later. She actually said, you know, I never give you the talk because I assumed you had researched it. And you know what the sad thing is? I had. Yeah. <laughs> I had actually looked it up. But here, there's a couple of things wrong with that. Like one, in my high school, there was a pregnant gal in my sex ed class. Like a couple of my high, the high schools in where I grew up were actually known for um, like one school took the uh, hearing impaired. One school took the... Uh, took the uh, developmentally challenged people, like people who might have trouble like getting upstairs and whatnot, and then my school took the pregnant ladies. So I had a pregnant gal in my sex ed class. So this guy is standing up in front of the, of the classroom, very dryly going through con proper use of contraception while there is a gal who is in her second or third trimester sitting there and taking it all in. Nice. Hmm. A little too little too late. Not to mention the fact that, and this is, you know, now that I'm older and... This is another pet peeve of mine. All of those sexual health and prevention things are geared towards heterosexual people. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's heterosexual. I, I mean, I personally am, but it's like, hey, some people don't want to have sex with a, the person of the opposite gender. And that's fine. But nobody teaches them how to be safe when they're having sex. It's like, how are you supposed to do it? That's, and that's a glaring hole in, you know, sex education. It's like, hey, excuse me, ha, glaring hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I know, I'm going to be real here for a second. Um, most young men, and I can only speak to my own personal experiences, their first, um, their, their first foray into learning what sex is is through pornography. And, you know, some, oh somebody, and even, uh, right. And somebody in the schoolyard gets a tape from somebody's dad or whatever. And the whole class goes because it's taboo. It's the thing you need to see or do. That is your kid's general first look at what sex is. And you, you really got to think on that one. Terrible. It, it is horrible because there's not a, a thing real in anything in that, in that realm. There's no foreplay. Like everybody has like magically lubed penises and magically wet vaginas or assholes depending on like what kind of porn you watch you found a tape of and it's just like that's just not realistic i mean certainly there are some people who do not require foreplay to um have comfortable sex but that is certainly not the case for everybody mm -hmm. not to mention they don't teach anything about you know proper lubrication like sex ed in, in school doesn't teach lube either like some people some women don't swift lubricate enough you know and men and men, if you're having penetrative sex with other men, don't self-lubricate at all. There's, there's, as I like to call it, the self, the, the magical ass conundrum. <laughs> there is no magically lubed ass out there for anybody to have sex with, unless you have a doll. 
I'm just gonna say this is episode 25, and I am we're 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 talking about lubed assholes and vaginas, and I'm not the one who mentioned it. <laughs> what? What? You're mentioning this would be? Were you hoping this would be episode 69? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know, indeed. But yeah, that's why I have this podcast. It's like, hey. I like to talk about the things that they don't talk about right. in school yeah. or that may not be mentioned enough, like the different sexualities. Like, and let's be, there's asexuality, yeah. which doesn't get mentioned enough, you know? And, and let's be real. I mean, this is a medium that, you know, younger kids are, are, are listening to. This is not something that, you know, 34-year-old people are generally the core audience. We're talking with, you know, the, the 20-somethings and even younger. Um, so I, I think this yes. is an outstanding medium for that message. So I think you're doing an outstanding job a great job so i i want to at least from a societal standpoint thank you for doing it and please continue doing it because i think it's a message that needs to be done as long as i can come up with things to talk about i'll talk about them and thank you it's just sometimes what i want this what i want to happen is that i want people to say hey you want to learn about sex in a safe environment that include that may include who you are as a person as a sexuality as a being hey spread this around let somebody listen to it. Maybe it'll help somebody. Like maybe you have that friend who's ace and doesn't know that he or she is ace. Maybe you have a friend who doesn't identify as any particular gender. Maybe you have that friend who is aromantic, you know, and it's like, hey, it's okay. Like there, the thing is about sexuality is that it's so vast and like there's always something new to learn. And it's fascinating. I found in that sense. Like, I learned something this week, something called a demisexual which is so... Yes, I am. Yeah, so I mean, and it's something I think I am as well, and I'd never even know it until you read it, and you're just like, oh my God, that's that's me. And that is that you don't... It kind of rings a bell. Yeah, I mean, you don't have a sexual attraction to someone until you have an emotional connection with them, a deep emotional connection. Something I didn't know. I'm 41 years old, and I'm just I'm still learning, and I think <laughs> most of us still can. So um, again, I think sure. the message is awesome, and, and it needs to continue. So, I have one more question. Well, thank you. I'll have hopefully have one more answer. Okay, I could totally do the research myself, but I don't feel like reading. <laughs> what is the difference between water-based and silicone-based lube? Aside from the based molecule, a water-based lube is more like, um, I think the easiest thing to compare it to would be like, for a woman, it's, base, it's uh, the vaginal lubrication. That is water-based. Silicon-based is based off the silicon molecule. It does not wash off with soap. It does not wash off with water the way that water-based lube does. So you don't have to reapply it as often, which is it's far, which makes it far more ideal for anal sex as opposed to just regular vaginal sex. Plus, a lot of vaginas get irritated if you use silicon-based lube. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right, Joey, continue the questions. Let's drop into some rapid fire. <laughs> oh yeah. Woo. I'm ready. Do, do I get like the, the Price is Right theme like now? Like, <laughs> doo, doo. Just don't call me Joe Showdown? <laughs> of course, never. Dude, Bob Barker, come on now. <laughs> I miss Bob. Yeah. Me too. Everybody does. Except the beauties. Oh. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's get started. We're going to start off easy. We're going to work our way up to harder questions. Here we go. Oh, my. I'm ready. Are you a morning person or a night person? night person what is your favorite word like um just a, just in the term of which to say onomatopoeia 
right. It's a good one. All right. What is your spirit animal? Mm, either a dolphin or a mountain lion. What is one trait that you have that best describes you? Verbose. All right. Now here is one. The name Deceptive Mirror. What is its origin? Yes. You asked me that. That's, see, that's not a question I can answer fast, but I'll try. Um, a lot of people look in the mirror and think, that's not really what I look like. I am not the mirror that lets you say that. I'm the mirror that you think is lying, but never will lie. Aww. It's nice. Thank you. That's, I, I get a lot of confusion on that, so I'm like, oh, hey, I can actually explain it. Like, this is, who, <laughs> this is me. I don't like to lie, even to myself, so. All right, in that case, what is your worst habit? My worst habit? Oh, geez, I have so many. <laughs> I think my worst habit is probably cleaning my teeth right after I eat in front of people. <laughs> okay, I'm like, well, part of that is, oh, in front of people, okay. <laughs> in front of people, yes. If there's something in my teeth and I feel it, I will go for it right when I'm in front of you, and I should really stop that. <laughs> If you were a member of Menudo, who would you be? <laughs> Jeez, Menudo? That's a deep cut. I would be the I would be the Pozole. I I don't even know which one that is, so I'm just gonna accept it. Is Menudo a bit sorry, wait, is Menudo a That's band? Ricky Martin's band, isn't it? When he was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, Menudo, isn't that food? I, I can't eat it. It's <laughs> like he's gone he's going <laughs> way back to a boy band. <laughs> Back. I was like, that's a little too far, sir. Too far. <laughs> what is the best piece of advice that someone has given you? Stop stressing because it does invariably work out, even if it's not the way you want it to. That was my mom. That is very good advice. It was excellent advice. I'm still, it's, it's an onward struggle, but I try for it every day. If you could have unlimited storage for one thing and one thing only. Books. Okay. <laughs> you don't even have to finish Instant response. She pulled out a book instead of Googling HIV on this podcast. So yeah. that speaks to That's that. That's pretty cool. It's a lot I was neat. I'm like. Reliable information on the internet is not necessary. It's not exactly easy true. to find depending on where you true. want to go. Fair, mm -hmm. fair. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, on the topic of books, you've just written a book about your life. What do you call it? How the hell did she end up here? <laughs> Good title. Which letter in the alphabet best describes you? Where do you come up with these questions? <laughs> I have to take credit yes, on that. One too. <laughs> okay. Uh, which letter in the alphabet describes me best? I would say S. I am a curve without end. Nice. I like it. All right. You're going on a one-way trip to Mars. You're never coming back to Earth. And you can only take one album 
music-wise with you, what do you bring? Oh my god, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> it'd be classical music, but I can't tell you which album it is because I don't know. That's fine. Like a, it's like Mozart, Beethoven, a mix of a bunch of them. A mix of a bunch of them. I have like a ton of mixed. Uh, I have a ton of like CDs, like winter melodies, and like it'll have like winter themed classical music and. I like I have all four of those I have all four of those DVD of those DVDs of those CDs and I listen to them a lot so I love classical music so I can understand that but yeah it wouldn't be something with words because you don't like if you're going to get something stuck in your head it better be a melody and not words because yeah <laughs> the words of a song would get pretty boring after a while I never thought of that you would just learn to hate and them. irritating yeah. mm-hmm. yes that's a good point well, in terms of classical music, my favorite classical music piece, which it's it's very, for the most part, it's it's a very simple piece, but it's in the Hall of the Mountain King. Yes, oh. that's a good one. I have to say that Beethoven's Ode to Joy, like the intro, is probably one of my favorite pieces of music. Like it's so, it's just triumphant, you know. <laughs> Y'all are really lucky that that's public domain and that we can't get sued for humming this on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right? If I played it in Not band in school, singing. it's public domain. <laughs> if somebody's going to start yep, singing same. it, it better be one of you. I'm not very good musically. I can sing, but I'm not going to do it here. I, <laughs> okay, that's I fair. Think, I, I think almost every band had played Ode to Joy at some point in their career. Yeah, well, pretty yeah. much. I know mine did. But it's one of those things that never quite gets old. Like, it's one of those pieces of music that everybody recognizes and nobody hates. But it's it's beautiful. Like, that's because it's so beautiful. You never forget it. All right. What was the last DVD that you purchased? <laughs> this is embarrassing. Um, I purchased the um, Christmas episode of Sherlock, and I haven't watched it yet. <gasps> Nothing embarrassing about that. I know. Whoa. I know. I'll get there. I promise. I heard the daggers Don't tell me. gasp Do- from Emily. Oh, my God. I have all three. Se- <laughs> I, have, I, have, hey, hey, I have all three series. I have watched them. I just haven't watched the new episode because I keep- I don't know. I was homesick for three dang days. You think I would have watched it then? <laughs> it's all right. Hey, it's okay. You have something to look forward to. Yeah, I do indeed. All right, and last but certainly not least, how awesome. Oh, wow, Emily's just giving it away before you even get the rest of the question out. She's like, eh! Sorry, so, go on. It's how... favorite part of the podcast. She gets to hear it live. Well, what is it? What is it? I'm curious now. How awesome is Toronto Gal? How is that even a question? She's like the most awesome. Like, she is the ebbest. She's the... She is like... Yes. She's the Ebbest. Oh that is it. The E B S T, of course. Like, come on. My it's Toronto Gal. Like to not to dislike Toronto Gal is to go against the very fabric of the universe. It's true. Like, how dare you? It's true. I will fight you. <laughs> I will I, I will cut you. Will. <laughs> I, well, you know, tell us about one of your Toronto Gal stories. Perhaps your first uh, the first time you ever met her. Or just any Toronto Gal story. No, I mean, oh God, there's so many. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, I have two that are that stand out in my mind. 
the first one is probably the first time I ever encountered her in a Felicia stream, but before I was a modern Felicia streams. Mm -hmm. Here I am just asking questions as a newbie does. And here she is very politely answering me, like, you know, taking the time to like answer me thoroughly in a way that other people are just like giving me like a couple of word answers, which is perfectly fine. Like it's not, in, it's not impolite, but she's like going out of her way. Like even though she's probably also watching the stream or trying to have a lot of fun. And here she is just calmly taking the time to answer my questions. And you know what? That stood out to me as like my first encounter. Like here she is. She doesn't have to do this, but she is. That's awesome. <clears throat> but my second favorite, my second favorite uh, Toronto gal story, or at least the one that stands in my mind, is when I discovered that she could be a little naughty. Wow, okay. Like, this is a fun You've got one. a deeper dive than I do, then. I'm oh, interested uh, now. So, oh, I vouch um, for Summer on this, I, not to cut you off, but I vouch for this because in the last couple of weeks, I've noticed just how naughty she can kind of get towards. Look, she's delightfully naughty. It's great, right? You guys have no idea what goes on in mod chat, and she's an angel in that <laughs> chat. There are some people that are not angels. <laughs> It's true. I am one of those people. I mean, <clears throat> nope, I, I meant it. Um, but, you know, here I am. Like, we're, I'm also a moderator in a JCVIM or yep. Josephine McAdams stream. Mm -hmm. You should check out her stream. Yes, please do. She's and, awesome. Yeah, so here Toronto Gal is. This is before, this is before Josephine modded her. <laughs> so I just want you to, I just want you to keep this in mind. She's not a mod in that channel at the time of the story. There ever was so a here time. She is, and we're talking. <laughs> There was ever, a, yes, there's actually a time back before the formation of the universe where Toronto Gale was not a mod in somebody's channel. <laughs> I don't believe and it. I know, right? It's, but it's, I was there. I am the proof. And here she is when we're talking about um, dairy. Now, uh, quite a few people I have met in Team Human and in general are lactose intolerant. Mm -hmm. So yep. we're discussing the perfect toppings on um, a potato. And I like to put like, and this is like, this is how the story started. I myself put like sour cream, like or I put like sour cream or Greek yogurt on my potato. And the thing is, I didn't know this at the time because I'd been absent from a couple of streams, but apparently somebody had blacklisted the word cream. Uh. <laughs> so, so keep this in mind. So somebody had blacklisted the word cream. So it looked like I'd say something really naughty <laughs> when I was talking about what I put on the potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness like no no you know i wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't even a naughty word it's called but so toronto Girl comes in and she discovers that oh hey it looks like a bunch of words related to dairy <laughs> are not oh god i can't even finish the story because i'm giggling too hard <laughs> oh man and she discovers a lot of um dairy based words are um blacked out so she proceeds to say some of the what appears to be the naughtiest things you've ever seen like so she's like, she, she likes to put, you like to put blank, blank, blank on your blank, blank, blank. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's, and she, we're all like, Toronto Gal, what are you saying to us? <laughs> and she's like, no, you like to put cream on your, you like to put cream in your like ice cream or something like that. <laughs> just, and oh of course gosh. it's perfectly innocent, but it looks like she's writing it out. And it's just the naughtiest looking <laughs> thing. It's so great. Allie. Oh. It was so beautiful. Oh. But the thing is with the blacklisted words is that the mods couldn't use them either. Oh, man. So here I am. I'm a mod and I'm saying this stuff. And she's like, it's, it's blacking out for me too. No, no, no I mean blank, 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 <laughs> blank, 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 cream. I like... It's like, I wanted to put cream in, I want to put blank in my blank. <laughs> Just the words. There's something to be said about spelling a word wrong, I guess. 
right? Oh, yes, absolutely. And to have it blacklisted and then it just, no matter what you say, to try and explain <laughs> yourself, it's going to look bad. <laughs> All right. And but she just kind of let loose a little bit. And I wish that that had been recorded as a VOD on mm-hmm. J- and Josephine's YouTube, but of course it was not. That's too bad. Of all the things. That would have been epic to see. And she's probably got it, it somewhere because like, she has everything. And she probably just she kind of vaulted off somewhere for a rainy day. It's true. <laughs> all right, Emily, why don't you take us into the suggestion section? Okay. This segment is typically where Tyrion leads us into anything like a game or skit. In summer, I believe you suggested a one-sentence round-robin story. And I think that sounds really, really fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, for those of you listening who don't know what that is, it's where each person takes turns contributing one sentence, gradually building a story. It can be serious, funny, pretty much whatever you want. Who would like to start? Joey. I vote Joey. <laughs> Why does everybody vote <laughs> yes. me? Because you're the man of I the day. You. You're cute. I don't know. <laughs> it's your day, Joey. You're cool. It's your day. We, lo- we, lo- we just like you so much. So. It might be yes, my we like day, you so much but that we it's want not you to my be first podcast. In everything. Dude, this is the this is your podcast. What are you talking about? This is your yeah. podcast. It's like saying Felicia doesn't doesn't force Ryan to be on cooptitude. But I'm not the special guest. So you know what the easiest sentence in this game you're is because I've played eye. this game before. The very first one. Yeah. You just say anything, and we have to build off of you. You can be utterly ridiculous, and we still have to go off of what you say. Yep. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Ready. Oh wait, who's wait? We should actually determine. Boy, girl, boy, four. girl. So, I'll go third. Uh, you, me, then uh, Blair, then sure. Emily. Sure. Okay. Done. Once upon a time, there was a fabulous little boy named Blair. <laughs> oh god, I should have seen this coming. <laughs> I like where this is going. Blair liked things all like all things shiny, cute, and nice. One day, Blair decided to walk into a out-of-the-way trinket shop, and he was amazed by what he saw. Out of everything in the trinket, the trinket shop, the thing that, um, crap, I'm not good at this game. You're doing fine. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, out of anything in the trinket shop, the one thing that stood out to him most was a pocket watch. This particular pocket watch struck his fancy because it had Rainbow Dash embezzled upon the lid. There was also the trip. There was also a suspicious-looking uh, etching of Y A N A on the bottom, but Blair chose to ignore that in the face of such adorable Rainbow Dashness. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, Rainbow Dash is adorable. I mean, it's true. Everybody likes Rainbow Dash. So, Mesmerized by the many technicolored pocket watch, he slowly picked it up and brought forth it to the shopkeeper. The shopkeeper looked at the watch and smiled. It was his favorite. The shopkeeper asked the fabulous little boy named Blair, if he would be interested in purchasing the pocket watch. Of course, sir, replied Blair. How much would you like me to pay you for it? The shopkeeper looked at Blair for a very long time, and he said, 
Two dollars, son. For you, two dollars. American or Canadian? <laughs> Australian. Okay. <laughs> but if you say which pony is your favorite, it'll be 20% off. Damn. <laughs> pony reference. Blair's eyes awesome. bulged out of his head like big, giant anime eyes. And... He couldn't help himself except to exclaim his favorite My Little Pony, Johnny Appleseed. The shopkeeper stared, dumbfounded. And he lived happily ever after. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! That's oh. not how it ends. Oh, yes, it did. That's not how it begins either. <laughs> I'm just glad someone else named one of the little ponies because yeah. I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> I wanted to see who would get that one. God bless you, Joey. And God, I hate you at the same Shopkeeper time. Shopkeeper furrowed his brow. Everyone knows that Fluttershy's best pony. He then kicks Blair out of the shop. Get out and never come back. So you're better at this than you thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> see the pressure off that though. Oh, oh, really? All right, so let's wrap this up. We, this has been a really fun podcast. I've had a blast. This has been a lot of fun. This was fun. Um, going to be sad she missed this one. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to thank our... Well, she's going to have to make sure not to miss That's right. One. That's right. I'd love to thank our wonderful guests on this one, Deceptive Mirror, a.k.a. Summer. She has been a delight. So thank you for joining us here this evening. Well, Where can people find it you? It was my pleasure. I'm sorry I didn't do this sooner. Oh, no, no. That's great. We'll probably have you on again. This was just too much fun. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Yay. I can be found on Twitter at Snarky Sum. Yes, it is different from my Twitch name. There's a reason. I can also be found on SoundCloud. My podcast is at Untitled. My podcast is once again called Untitled Sex. Just search it on SoundCloud or it's soundcloud.com forward slash N title Dex. I can also be found in the Team Human Facebook group under my actual name, which I will not say on here. Perfect. <laughs> How about you, Emily? Where can we find you? Okay, well, as some of you may know, you can find me on Twitter at Toriel A-E-L-A. And I'm also on Facebook, Emily Toriel. And some of my music stuff is on, also on SoundCloud, and it's the same as my Twitter user. Okay, Mr. Couture, take us through both you and Terrell stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because you can't do her PR. No, I, I am the worst PR person that she'll ever have. Oh, no. All right, Screw so my stuff time. really quick. All right, so all of the Tomb Raider Abridged series is complete, as I said in the last podcast. So if you want to check that out, you can ch see that on my YouTube channel, Joey Couture, which you can also go there and see the mashup gag reel from all of the opening monologues of the Tomb Raider set for Felicia's Twitch anniversary, which is what that video was really supposed to be for. Um, and then there's also the Team Human anniversary video, which actually, as while we record this, it released uh, earlier today. It was and wonderful. I'm just going to say my, my Twitter was blowing up all day, and I'm just like, my phone battery is going to die. <laughs> I didn't bring my power bank with me. This is bad. <laughs> um, it's well-deserved. Yeah, very well-deserved. Oh, you guys are Definitely. sweet. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at JoeyCouture underscore uh, because somebody has regular uh, JoeyCouture. 
Uh, let's see, where else could you find me? Uh, once in the blue moon, you'll find me on Twitch under the same name. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you can find me here as well for Tyrion Puxy. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Take a deep breath. She's down under. You got this. All right. <laughs> Broken Dolls and Shattered Girls is available now. You can go to tierlandpuxy.com. You can purchase it there. There's also Amazon Borders, Bonds and Noble, and it's also now available at your local Walmart, depending on where you are in the country. Not all Walmarts may carry it, but who knows? You may get lucky. You can also check it out at walmart.com. She is also currently writing the third and final book for that particular series which is fractured world she's hoping it will be out next year uh she should be finishing it um sometime in december she said maybe like that's how like long she wants to get it done we also have the honey roast which you which is a positive spin on the whole roasting thing that people do on reddit also on comedy central where you know people say really negative funny so-called funny things about you um, but it's the reverse. People actually say nice things about you. Uh, you just post a picture of yourself with a sign saying, you know, honey roast me. Um, so far it's getting some great, uh, feedback and whatnot. And as Sterling would, would always says, and I'm just like, eh, you don't have to throw that in, but yes, I did the logo for it too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yay, cause you're awesome. Uh, you are I try. Awesome. I try to be anyways. Uh, I do not know if it's already happened yet or not, but I know that she is a finalist or, or at least not. She is she finalist? She's a nominee. I, I'm not sure if she's a finalist. Okay, she is a nominee for the Independent Oz Music Awards. Uh, she already did the Comic-Con appearance um, in Australia as well. She had her own panel, which if you go see the Human Anniversary video, you can see her there on stage. Dancing. <laughs> yep, and kicking ass. Uh, she also has a YouTube channel, Tyrolin Puxty. You can find her on Twitter at TizThunder. On Twitch, mm -hmm. it's TierThunder. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also find her also on Facebook as well, Tyrolin Puxty. And if you want to check out her publishing company as well, it is Curiosity Quills. And I think I covered it I think that's it good. All. If you didn't, that's good nice. enough. You're, you're really solid. How many effort. more credentials does this woman have? This woman does <laughs> everything. Like, oh, she, wait, there is one more crazy. thing. There is one more thing. Okay. If you haven't okay. already, you need to go over yes. to the Vaginal Fantasy Book Club and vote on the poll towards her being the alt pick for October. So far, she's still in the lead, but we still awesome. need to get more votes in there. And we'll be honest. We talked to her about it. She is super excited about this. Like, super excited. So if you guys want to make Tierlin's dreams come true, you'll go help <laughs> vote that in. So that'd be awesome. All right. That was a mouthful of stuff. Now, I am on Twitter, at Blair Beverage. You can also find me at Hoopod and at Webisode Watch. That last one I have not used so much lately. I'm kind of not in the video medium right now. That might change down the road. But uh, I do have a show called Webisode Watch where I interview web people um web shows and whatnot i just i'm i'm seeing a declining web shows are declining on the internet and it's something i'm very actually sad about um just people don't want to put money into scripted web series right now i hope that changes because some of my favorite internet things ever have been scripted web series we're talking the guild we're talking the new adventures of peter and wendy you know we're, we're, we're there's just so many good ones and i i i miss the medium and i hope it comes back strong Speaking of which, I am on a web series now called Basic Adventuring 101. I play the Goblin Shaman in Season 1. 
You can see me in a few different episodes. I actually got that Goblin Shaman thanks to Joey on to that uh, human anniversary video. So thank you very <laughs> much for that. Um, it's, it's a great little LARPing web series where it shows uh, the perspective of a newbie, if you will, playing in a very first campaign or very first kind of weekend and it shows both in and out of game the in game is the kind of head cannon that you get into so that you're more badass than you actually are and the out of game is what you would generally be dealing with at a reality basis so i think it's a really cool concept i think the writing is outstanding i think the acting is really good the the the, the level of the actors that i was working with was way beyond me <laughs> um but i i had a blast and you know and and i think we did a pretty good job we have one more episode left to air for the season uh, i don't know when uh, but it will be i would presume sooner than later um, and, oh, and I'm on Twitch now. Well, I've been on Twitch for a while, but I'm regu regularly streaming on Twitch Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, won't be this Friday though. This Friday I'm actually playing them in my D&D &D campaign, but generally I'll be there Friday nights at 9 p.m. I often, right now I'm playing Mass Effect 2. I've never played the Mass Effect games until this month. And I can now see why everybody loves them. I'm going through the second one right now. And I often drink and get super silly when I'm on these streams. <laughs> so if you want to come see me make a, um, an ass out of myself, please drop by at 9 p.m. on Friday. So that's me. Um, I'd like to thank, first of all, Emily for dropping in as a uh, co-host for this episode. Thank you very much, Emily. Oh, yeah, yeah no problem. <laughs> thank you for asking me. I'm very honored. Oh, no, no, it was it was our pleasure. I want to thank Joey for having one of the biggest blow-ups in the Twitter histories today. Oh, stop <laughs> it. You'll make me flush. And uh, <laughs> lastly, one of my favorite guests um, to this point, I'd like to thank Summer for joining us here today. Oh, God, I'm blushing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I am also very honored and I'm really glad I could do oh, this. Oh, so are we. All right, until next time guys, take care. <laughs>